Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. And we're going to read a well-known passage in the Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 21. The Lord Jesus is the one who's speaking. And this is what he says. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied or preached in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Amen. And we know God will bless the reading of his word. Let's unite together in prayer for a second together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of testimony. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to meet around your word. And above all, Lord, we thank you for the awareness and the promise of your presence with us. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you will put a special hedge right around this place tonight. And we ask, Lord, that your presence, your Holy Spirit, would descend into the sanctuary. We ask, Lord, that men and women and children would hear your voice and they would turn to Christ. Lord, help and give help from heaven. I give myself wholly to you. I pray your cleansing and sanctifying power on my spirit, soul, and body. And I ask now for that gracious heavenly anointing that only God can impart. And I pray this, and I pray for the glory of Jesus in his name. Amen and amen. I want to speak to you on a, a message this evening, and we've entitled it, The Storm is Coming. The Storm is Coming. I was thinking earlier today, uh, not that I was born at the time, but I always recalled in history that there was a, an unusual storm that struck Britain uh, and I knew it was in the 1950s. It was 1953. It was unparalleled in the destruction that came, uh, totally unexpected. And this storm created havoc right throughout Britain. Many lives uh, were displaced. Many livestock, I think there was almost 50,000 livestock were killed. Hundreds and thousands of acres of land were destroyed. It was just catastrophic. The storm came and struck Britain. Here the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, and he speaks about a storm. 
And for you and I tonight, while Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago, yet what he said is relevant to you and me tonight. You see, friends, Jesus was speaking here, and in the context of the passage, he's speaking about religious hypocrites. You know, there's so many people today, and they raise their objections to becoming a Christian, and they say, oh, so-and-so's a Christian, but they're a hypocrite. And nine times out of ten, you've got to agree with them. You've got to say, yes, I agree with you. But, of course, we know that we don't tell people to come to Christ because of Christendom or because of the lives of Christians. If we did, nobody would ever be truly converted because the Crusades uh, sent by the Roman Catholic Church killed multitudes. That was Christendom. But that's not Christianity. That's not Christ. You see, we don't lead people to Christianity. We lead them to Christ. Christ is the Savior. There's no flaws in him. And so we encourage people, despite the hypocrisy, to come to Christ. But the Lord Jesus was speaking about these hypocrites, and it's quite alarming when you consider what Jesus said. He talked about people who were preachers. We tend to believe that if a man has a collar around his neck, or if he has had a degree or gone to some religious establishment, that he's now a Christian. I have happened to have the privilege of being in situations where people have been delivered from evil spirits, and to be honest, see it fairly frequently, where devils are cast out. But I realize not only from experience, but also from the Word of God, that you can cast demons out of people and not be a Christian. Because the power to cast out demons doesn't come from the individual, it comes from the name of Christ. Ungodly people can call out the name of Christ and evil spirits are frightened, not because of the person, but because of the person they mention, Jesus. Because God has exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Pardon? Senator Mike has to be put back in again. Technology. Wonderful. Is that us now? We should be working. That's us back. Sorry about that, but it was really nothing to do with me. Technology's failing. I'm not failing yet, but uh, you wouldn't know what would happen before the service is over. I fainted one time when I was preaching, and it was in a brethren meeting. And do you know it was the liveliest brethren meeting I was ever in? Never seen people move as quick. Honestly, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be cruel, but that's what happened. I had a brother-in-law, and he was, he was sitting in the congregation, and, and I was preaching. I was only, I was only 18. It was, uh, I was so nervous, and as I was preaching, uh, he, he saw me getting weaker, and, and, and he, he leapt. He was quirin' lively, and he leapt over the pulpit, and he caught me before my head hit the back wall. Uh, and a lady said to me afterwards, she said, it was marvelous. She said, you preached till you dropped. She says, you kept talking till you dropped. So there you are. Well, I'll try not to drop tonight, but there you are. Let's get back to the message. When the Lord Jesus was speaking, he warned about these people who were preaching. 
He warned that they were casting out demons, and then he said they were doing wonderful works. And he said about them, he said that he would say to them on the day of judgment, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's the problem. That's the problem. You can do all these supernatural things, but you're living in iniquity. Iniquity means a bent toward evil. It means you're doing evil, going away from God. And Jesus said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit enters us and he creates within us a longing to fight against sin. We may fall into sin, but we'll be like a sheep rather than like a pig. Whenever a sheep falls into dirt, the sheep will scramble to get out of it. Whereas if you put a pig into dirt, it enjoys it, it lives in it, it thrives in it. And so when you're born again, you get the sheep nature that you may feel, but you always want to get out of it and get back to being clean again by the blood of Christ. And so Jesus gives this context, but then he gives an illustration, a story that relates to the storm that we mentioned at the beginning. In this passage, Jesus says in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. We want to consider, first of all, wisdom, being wise. Not everybody is wise, according to Jesus. But wisdom, according to the dictionary, is having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. It is taking the knowledge that we have and using it wisely to make a right decision. Jesus made amazing claims in his earth, on this earth. And I think sometimes those of us who are Christians, we sometimes get so familiar with the things we have heard preached about Jesus, that we tend to forget just how dramatic and how amazing the claims of this man was when he was on earth. That literally there was no man ever lived like him. And sometimes you have to take yourself aside and forget all the sermons you've ever heard. And forget everything you've ever learned and just take down the Gospels and begin to read them as though you'd never heard them. And you'll be amazed at the things that this man said. You see, friends, not everybody that makes claims can be trusted. I had a problem years ago in the roof of my house. There was equipment, something it was doing to exchange air, or I, I didn't understand it, but it stopped working. And this man was sent along, and I was told this man will know exactly what he's doing. You let him do it, and he'll fix it. Best man ever. I got such a recommendation. And on the strength of that, I said to the man, would you come, please, and fix this device? He said, absolutely, I'll be there. And he came and he got up into the roof space and I decided to walk downstairs. And just as I was getting to the bottom of the stairs, I heard a thump and saw two legs through the ceiling. And that was the beginning of it. 
I was glad to see that man going and to see half the scene of upstairs down on top of the children and into the room, sir. You see, I hadn't made a wise choice. I was working with the information I had, but should have found out a bit more. The Lord Jesus makes claims. And I want us just for a while, for a short time, to forget what we know about him. Everything that I'm now going to relate to you about this man called Jesus are eyewitness accounts. That means that this is written, what we read, was written by people who actually heard what he said, who watched what he was doing, who had ample continual experience of being with him. This is what they said. They said that during his lifetime and his ministry, from 30 to 33 years of age, whenever he met sick people, he healed them. It, it, it didn't require diagnosis or uh, medication to give it a wee boost. He just simply healed sick people. He cast out demons, which was quite shocking to the Jews of their day, but, but they knew it was supernatural what was happening. He raised the dead. Now, come on. If somebody comes into my life and I'm at a home where there's a death and he walks into that room and raises the dead, I want to tell you I'm interested in that man. I'm interested. I want to know something about that man who has raised the dead. Because you don't meet many folk who do that. He raised the dead. Then there's his character. John, the beloved apostle in 1 John chapter 3, this is his analysis. Having worked closely with him, he said, in him was no sin. He's sinless. That's quite a claim. In him was no sin. As you look over the life of Jesus, you find that it's really a life of love, unconditional love. It's a life of compassion, continual compassion. It's a life of mercy, extending forgiveness to people who do not deserve it and can never qualify for it, but that's his character. But then there's his claims. I mean, even, even those, his, his life and his character, that, that alone is compelling, isn't it? It's compelling to meet someone like that who does all that and who his friends say he doesn't have sinned. That's compelling. You want to meet that person. You want to take note of what they say. But then he claimed to be God. 
Now the Muslims say that he's not God and he didn't claim to be God, but they're not telling the truth. He did claim to be God because on one occasion he said to them, he said, I have done many good miracles and good works. Why are you going to stone me? And they say, we're not stoning you for the miracles. We're stoning you for you being a man. Make yourself God. The Jews knew exactly what he was claiming. And for them, that was the death penalty. Oh, yes, he claimed to be God. Again, my friends, you don't meet many. Don't meet many people like that. But here's the big one. Here's the real biggie. He tells the disciples and others, he said, listen, I'm going to die. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm, it's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, comfortable in a bed somewhere. I am going to have a terrible death. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead and I'll meet you again. Listen, he pulled it off. He did it. He did it. He proclaimed he would die. He proclaimed three days later he would rise again. My friends, all that together is compelling. There truly was never a man like this man. That's why in most religions in the world he is acknowledged. He's not acknowledged necessarily as God. But there's no name known on this earth tonight as much as the name of this man. And it's for these reasons. Now this is what he says. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them. I will liken unto a wise man. Are you a wise man tonight? Wise woman? Or foolish? Well, Jesus said not only the person who listens to him is likened to a wise man, but then he brings the illustration which built his house upon a rock. And the floods descended, or the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Jesus talks all about this rock, this foundation for the building. And of course we know that in the context, it's our life, it's, it's, it's the decisions, the choices we make in our life as to what we do with him, as to whether we live a righteous life, whether we depart from iniquity. That's what he's talking about. He said the wise man gets his foundation on the rock. Well, what is the rock? What is the rock? Well, there are multiple texts in the Bible and it's very clear he's referring to them. And one of them in Psalm 18 and says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. He said, you must put your foundation, your roots, down on the rock of the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of the Jews. And he said, if you do, you'll be wise. You'll be wise. You see, my dear friends, not only does he mention, first of all, having a foundation, but then he talks about the weather. He talks about being wise, and then he talks about the weather. 
Well, we call apparently today people who study the weather as meteorology or so on. But Jesus, in this illustration, he says that uh, whenever you build your house on the rock, he said, then the rain descended. Then he said, the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon the house. You see, rain only appeared at a particular time. Many people don't realize that when God created man, there was no rain. Right up until the time of the flood, the earth was watered from the ground. It was a dew that came down, watered the ground, it raised in the morning. Man never had the experience of rain or having to run for cover. There was nothing like that happened. Jesus introduces the rain, and of course, the rain is a picture of the fall. It is a picture of the effects, the after effects of sin. Because after the ark descended, then the rains, of course, forever came. And we still experience them. And then when the rains are too heavy, then there's floods. And then sometimes the, the uh, atmosphere creates a storm and we get the winds and tornadoes if you're in America or other countries. And we're all familiar with this on the news and the weather forecasts. But Jesus talks about it. But why is he using the weather? Why does Jesus use the weather in relation to building and putting a foundation on the rock? Well, because the weather is variable. I don't know if you've discovered it yet, but life is variable. Life's not all good. It's not all sunshine. There's rain. There's effects of the fall are ever upon us. And we have to endure suffering. And we have to deal with pain. And we have to deal with loss and mourning and heartache and heartbreak, all those things, they just are like the seasons of the year. That's what life is like. Weather's variable. But it's also unpredictable. And life is very unpredictable. You just don't know what's around the corner. You just don't know. And no matter how secure you may feel you are, you're not secure. And no matter how safe you may want yourself to be, you're not safe. You see, Jesus talks about weather and then he says that whenever this rock was established and the the foundations, he said, these floods came, the rain and the winds, and beat upon it. And he says, it fell not, for it was founded on the rock. You see, friends, what Jesus is talking about here is the storms that come in life, but then there's 
there's one ultimate overwhelming storm that comes. And this is relevant to us all tonight. If Jesus doesn't return this ultimate storm, we're all going to face. It's an overwhelming one. It's the great storm. It's like the 1953 they didn't know was coming. They had no idea. They had never experienced anything like it. My friend, that is indicative of death. It is the personal storm we must go through alone. Others can be around us. Others can support us. They can speak to us. But through that storm, we will go alone in relation to this earth. And it is the wise man who thinks about his mortality. You say, Alan, I have youth on my side tonight. Like Brian, you can say, I want to go abroad and I want to live wild and live loose and do what I like and enjoy sin. Yes, absolutely. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about that in chapter 12. It says, young man, go and sow your wild oats. Go and do as you like. Sin as you like. God gives you the freedom to do it. But remember, for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. Remember that there's a time when God is going to call you and I to account. You know, down in Uri there just a few weeks ago, the storm came. And many people had no insurance for it. And their businesses were swept away. And they're left now bankrupt. That can happen in the storm of death. And with that, we're closing. Because Jesus talked about being wise. Jesus talked about the weather. But then Jesus gave a warning. He gave a warning. He said about someone else in verse 26, Everyone that heareth these words or sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You know, friends, that word where it says great was the fall, it means catastrophic. To die without Christ is catastrophic. To die without your feet and your faith on the rock of ages, Jehovah, the God of creation, my friends, you are a fool. According to the words of Jesus Christ, that man that we talked about, who I think we ought to listen to. Built on the sand. You know, on another occasion, the Lord Jesus spoke. And he talked about a man who was very covetous. And this is what he said, and oh, it's so applicable to every generation. And he said there was a man, a certain rich man, and he brought forth plentifully his ground. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? This man was, you talk about pulling in the money. 
I mean, he, did, he couldn't actually get somewhere to put the crops. Such was the abundance of blessing that was coming in. It was every farmer's dream what was happening in this man's life. And he said, I, I, can't, I, can't, get, I can't get the crops in. I, I, I can't get enough money to the bank. He, he, he said, it's, it's never been so good. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And then he said, whenever I have the new buildings up, and whenever I have, I have, have everything established, and whenever the guaranteed money's coming in, uh, and I have all my assets, and I have all my possessions, and I have all this gathered around me, uh, and then he said, this is what I'll say. I will say to myself, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine easy drink and be merry. <laughs> I'm landed. <laughs> I'm secure. There's no, there's no debt anymore. There's nobody outstanding. It's all, it's all good now. Me and the wife and the family, we're going to get big holidays. Just, just get the biggest holiday you can get. And we're going we're gonna to cruise along now. Going to get uh, uh, new cars going to get a, a new house built. And, and listen, we've landed. We've landed. And everybody sitting around, all the neighbours are saying, boy, he's landed on his feet. Look at him. Look what he's got. Did you see the new car? Did you, brand new? Brand new? Where's he getting it? He must be stealing. Oh, the country talk. And all that's going on. But God said, Thou fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. Then who shall these things be? Things. <laughs> things. Is your life made up of things? My dear friend, the storm came unexpectedly. He wasn't envisaging this happening, but it came. And for many of us, that's the way it will be. For many of us, even Christians, we will not envisage our death. We will not see it coming, but it will come. And we will leave the thing behind and great was the fall thereof catastrophic hell eternal hell you see my dear friends God wants us to think Do you know the problem with the vast majority of people in society? They do not think. Religious people do not think. Don't think. They just listen. What did mommy teach? What did daddy teach? If daddy taught that God was Humpty Dumpty, then God's Humpty Dumpty. I believe that, for daddy believed that. They don't think. See, my dear friends, that's why you must go back to the source, because your soul. It's your soul. 
I have a soul, you know. And over 40 years ago, even as a teenager, these issues, maybe not to the same extent, but these issues were before me. And I realized that one day I would die. One day I would have to go out into eternity. One day I would go, and I could not go in my sin. I could not go as I was living. And the evangelist told us about Jesus about how he came and loved and died and rose on the third day and that all who believe in him could have eternal life. And as a 17-year-old, as a I knelt my heart and my head and I bowed before my creator, God, and I said, God, I am a sinner. Everything you say is true. I want to be wise. So I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge you are the creator. I acknowledge I will meet you. I acknowledge the storm is coming as a 17-year-old. And by simple faith, I invited him into my life. And friends, he came. He came in. He came in. And he gave me forgiveness. And he blotted out all my transgressions. And he made me his child. And he gave me the Holy Spirit. And he gave me life. And I knew that life. I experienced that life. You see, I'm not only believing objectively in what Jesus said and the words of Jesus, but subjectively, my own experience, I have met him. I know him because he lives within my heart. A young man many years ago, had been invited to gospel missions and meetings. He listened to the gospel being preached, but just as Brian shared, he was indifferent. He wasn't going to listen to what any preacher told him. And so they spoke to him, but out the door he went, and this was the pattern of his life. One day, a young woman was walking past him and said to him, young man, here's a tract. In absolute uh, disgust, he took the track, crumpled it up, but he didn't throw it away. He put it in his pocket, but walked on and laughed. The next day at work, unexpectedly at a height, he fell and fell to his death. His family were contacted. His body was brought home and the funeral went ahead. After the funeral was over, his clothing was sent from the hospital. And as the parents with broken hearts went through his items of clothing, they came to his jacket. And they put their hand into his jacket and out came a crumpled piece of paper. And they straightened it out and it said, The last call. The last call. For some, it is always the last call. And tonight could be your last call. And so I encourage you, as Brian did, with all the love in my heart, with all the persuasion that I can use as a preacher, with all the facts and evidence that I present to you to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to turn away from religion, to turn away from self-righteousness, to turn away from good works, to turn away from all those things and put your trust only in Christ, the rock of ages, and be born again and come into God's wonderful kingdom. My friend, I commend to you tonight the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. Let's bow in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, now that you will, Lord, continue to speak to those who are listening online, those who, Lord, are in the meeting. And we pray that you will stir hearts, Lord, and that you will cause men and women and young people to truly say, I need the Lord. I need my foundations in Christ. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will bless the testimony and word. And that, Lord, when we get to heaven, we will meet people who said, I heard that message. I heard that testimony. And now I'm in heaven. I found Christ. Cause that to be the case, Lord, that in heaven we'll have even more rejoicing than we otherwise thought we would. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.